save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. During the holidays, we gather together to share food, stories, and song. We cozy around a warm fire, sip on some hot chocolate, and listen to some classic Christmas tunes. And in many of the great Christmas songs, there are many references to food. Who can't remember singing about chestnuts roasting on an open fire? or traveling to enjoy some pumpkin pie. But this time, I want to travel back to a time when people gathered in great halls and made merry during the 12 days of Christmas. This dish is still found on Christmas tables throughout Sweden. We're exploring the history and origins of the boar's head. Welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcast. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love the show, then I humbly ask you to share this podcast with someone you think would love to hear more about the history of Christmas foods which shape the holiday we love so much. And if you want to give me suggestions for future episodes, just email me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All the links can be found in the show notes at seasonseatingspodcast.com. There are many cultures nowadays which have ham or pork on their holiday table. It's not uncommon to find a succulent mustard-glazed ham with pineapple rings and maraschino cherries as the main dish on the Christmas table when I was growing up. As glorious as the ham is, there's even a bigger spectacle for my early ancestors in Britain. According to folklorists, the boar's head tradition was initiated in all probability on the Isle of Britain by the Anglo-Saxons although our knowledge of it comes substantially from medieval times. The boar's head, with the apple in mouth, was carried into the banquet hall on a gold or silver dish to the sounds of trumpets and the songs of minstrels. Some researchers locate the origins of the Christmas boar's head feast as far back as pagan times. They note that both the pagan Scandinavians and Celts not only relished the boar's meat, but also gave the animal a respected place in their mythology. Among the Germanic peoples, the boar was associated with the dead. The Scandinavians and Celts cast fearsome images of the boar onto their war hamlets. The Scandinavians imagined that the souls of fallen warriors lived on in a heaven where they feasted on wild boar every day. The meat was provided by a magical animal that was slaughtered eaten and appeared anew and alive daily. Among the ancient Scandinavians, the boar also served as a companion animal to the god Frey. Frey represented many things, among them sunlight, peace, prosperity, and fertility. 
The pagan Scandinavians sometimes described the course of the sun across the sky as Frey riding the heavens on his shining golden boar. An ancient Scandinavian saga, or poem, describes the sacrifice of a wild boar as an important component of the ancient Yule festival. The worshippers dedicated this sacrifice to Frey. So holy was the sacrificial boar that warriors swore oaths all over its body. Since Frey was the patron of fertility, some interpret this as a rite designed to increase crop yields and herds in the coming spring. While some writers believe that a seasonal taste for pork can be traced back to these pagan practices, others point out that November and December served as the traditional months for the slaughter of pigs in pre-industrial times. At this point in the year, pigs were consuming the last of the forest-free pig feed, acorns and beech nuts. Small farmers either had to find more feed, let the pigs go hungry, or slaughter them. According to these authors, this seasonal cycle may provide the true explanation for the boar's place at the Christmas feast. In Scandinavia and England, St. Stephen may have inherited some of Frey's legacy. St. Stephen's feast day is the 26th of December, and thus he came to play a part in the Yuletide celebrations, which were previously associated with Frey. In old Swedish art, St. Stephen is shown as tending to horses and bringing a boar's head to a Yuletide banquet. Both elements are extra-canonical and may be pagan survivals. Jacob Grimm, one of the editors of the Grimm's Fairy Tales, noted that the serving of a boar's head at banquets may also be reminiscent of the god Sognarkulter. The boar sacrificed as part of the celebration of Yule in Germanic paganism. Since ancient days, the boar was the most dangerous and tastiest game sought by hunters in what we now call Great Britain. When possible, it was the centerpiece of all great feasts, pre-Christian and Christian alike. One of the Grimm's fairy tales features a boar in the singing bone. A boar lays waste to a country, and two brothers set out to kill it, with the prize being given the princess's hand in marriage. The younger meets a dwarf who gives him a spear, and with it he kills the boar. Carrying the body off, the man meets his older brother, who had joined with others to drink until he felt brave. The older brother lures him in, gives him drink, and learns of the younger brother's adventure. They then set out to deliver the body to the king, but on passing a bridge, the older kills the younger and buries his body beneath it. He takes the boar himself to the king and marries the king's daughter as prize. One day, a shepherd sees a bone under the bridge and uses it to make a mouthpiece for a horn. The horn with the bone mouthpiece reveals how the brother was killed. The shepherd takes this marvel to the king, who has the bridge examined, and the bones of the deceased brother are found. The older brother is not able to deny his actions and is drowned as punishment. The younger brother's bones are reburied in a beautiful grave. There's even a song about the feast of the boar's head from the 15th century. Like the Grimm's tale, the origin of the carol seems a bit fantastical. 
The story begins as such. Sometime in the 15th century, Capcott, a scholar at Queen's College, Oxford, was walking across Shotover Common towards Horsepath Village to attend Mass when he was attacked by a wild boar. Capcott grabbed the boar by the scruff of its neck and shoved a copy of Aristotle he had been reading into its throat. After removing its head, he stuck this on a staff and left it in the church porch while attending Mass. At the subsequent Christmas Day feast, pork was on the menu. But in honor of Christmas, the boar's head was presented, not to the hapless scholar, but to the Christ child whose birth was being celebrated. Afterwards, the head was taken back to Queen's College for dinner. The story is still celebrated in Oxford, with the parish church in Horsepath commemorating the event, and Queen's College having an annual dinner in which three chefs carry a boar's head decorated as in the carol by a garland of bay leaves and rosemary on a silver plate into the hall. A solo singer sings the first verse, leading the procession with torch bearers. The procession briefly stops for each verse, but moves during the chorus. The head is then placed on the high table where the provost distributes the herbs to the choir and gives the orange from the boar's mouth to the solo singer. Furthermore, Christmas feasts in England during the Middle Ages often included boar's head, due in part to the open season for hunting boar running from Christmas until Candlemas. It is thus likely that the Queen's College story was to embellish a tradition that was popular at the time. The tradition may have originated from the Norse custom of boar sacrifice to the goddess of fertility, Freya, at the Feast of Midwinter. Despite the wild boar becoming extinct in England during the 17th century, the tradition continued. But why just the head? Unlike a roast pig which you can carry to the table whole and carve up there, a boar might weigh several hundred pounds and be too big or take too long to cook in one piece. Preparing and serving this robust dish required the combined efforts of many people. The beleaguered cook might spend more than a week skinning, soaking, salting, preserving, and finally cooking this awkward piece of meat. In the final stages, the cook garnished the boar's head with rosemary and inserted an apple, orange, or lemon into its mouth. In rich and noble houses, much ceremony surrounded the presentation of this dish. Wild boar were known as formidable prey which may have bestowed additional glamour on this dish. Sometime in the 12th century, however, the wild boar became extinct in England. Its demise left the domesticated pig to take over this Christmas duty. While the traditional boar's head feast entertained the wealthy at Christmas time, ordinary folks often made do with beef, goose, or Christmas pies. We'll find out how to prepare the wild boar's head after the break. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. I'm John. Together, we host the Yuletide TV podcast, where we're on the quest to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. On our podcast, we'll recap the episode, share a little bit of our own holiday memories, and go down a few non-Christmas tangents. And at the end, we'll let you know if what we watched is a Christmas classic, a lump of coal, 
or something in between. Best of all, you can watch along with us because we only cover episodes that are readily available on major streaming services. We like our eggnog spikes, so get ready for some hot takes served with a healthy dose of Christmas cheer. Tune in for our Season 2 lineup reveal on November 2nd, and then look for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from November 23rd, which is legally Thanksgiving, until Christmas Day. Our podcast may not be for everyone, but no matter what, we're glad you're alive. Hello, this is Todd Killiam from the Christmas Collider Podcast. What makes Christmas special to you? Is it the movies or the music, the food or family, the gifts or decorations? Maybe those quiet moments of reflection. Whatever it is, join me for Christmas Clatter, a monthly podcast dedicated to everything that makes Christmas special. Visit christmasclatter.com for all social media links and find Christmas Clatter Podcast on all podcast apps. Thank you, and remember, keep Christmas hope alive. Every day. As I said previously, the chef may take more than a week to prepare the wild boar head. This detailed preparation is taken from Cooking for Profit, the new American cookbook from 1893. There are other cookbooks from the 15th century and upwards describing how to prepare the boar's head, but this newer method might be easier to understand as older recipes are written in English from the Middle Ages. For practice in putting up a boar's head, the beginner should bone and cook pig's head to serve cold, until he has become familiar with the methods of making them good and of putting them in shape. One or two heads a week would be esteemed a luxury in any hotel among the regular cold dishes, for there was no foolishness about the ancient liking for a hog's head and is considered as good eating today as it ever was, but requires a good deal of the cook. It must be partly salted. It must have the superabundant fat cut out and lean and brawn supplied instead. It must be carefully seasoned and cooked until perfectly tender and the liquor it is boiled in is jelly. Choose a large head for the purpose and the small one to stuff it with. Cut it as far back as the shoulder bones of the hog to get as much of the neck as possible. Begin at the throat and cut the meat from the bone without cutting through the skin. Take out the tongue, put them both into the corned beef brine to remain two or three days. Then take them out, wash and trim, and cut away all the fat of the jowls. Sew up the mouth and throat. Place the small head similarly boned and prepare inside the large one. Fill in with tongues, cut in strips, and some well-seasoned pork sausage meat. Cover in the neck with the rind of pickled pork, and then sew the stuffed head in a cloth. Boil it for four or five hours. Take it up and press it in a suitable mold and set it away to become cold. After that, take off the cloth, remove the threads, and slice the meat to serve. It is not essential that a boar's head shall always be set up with ears erect and mouth open. It may be a smooth, rounded dish of meat only having the general outline of the head shape. And to form it that way, it is necessary to take the cook head out of the cloth it was boiled in when it was nearly cold. Then take a long muslin bandage and wrap around it, drawing tight in one place and slack in another to give the head the proper form. 
then set it in the refrigerator to become solid in that shape. Afterwards, take off the bandage, wipe off the cloth dipped in hot water, then glaze the head by frequently basting with jelly in a cold place until it is covered or glazed with meat essence, an ornament with cubes and patterns in aspic. Rosemary and bay are always mentioned in connection with the boar's head. They belong to that dish by association as holly belongs to Christmas. They are both used for seasoning as well as for green decoration. Rosemary is an herb that looks like pine leaves and has a flavor like a mixture of sage and spruce fir. Season the boar's head that is to be put up in shape with rosemary and bay leaves powdered instead of the customary sage. To form the head as natural as life and even more ferocious looking, it is best to employ a plaster mold, which can be made shortly before it is used and will serve for many repetitions. It is to be observed that the wild boar carries a high and bristly forehead, and the mold is to be managed so as to throw the top of its head into prominence instead of the fat jowls of common hogs. Choose a head of a large porker to make a cast from. It is not advisable to have the mold too large because the cooked head shrinks so much it's difficult to thoroughly fill a large mold. Having the raw head cut off with the neck belonging, cut off the ears, place its snout downwards and resting on the bottom of a tin pan or five gallon tin lard can. Get half a bushel of plaster of Paris, which costs about 75 cents at the cement stores, stir it up with water to a thin paste and pour it around the head in the pail. In half an hour, the plaster sets and becomes solid, but leave it alone for several hours and then the head can be drawn out and you have a plaster mold of it. Perhaps the mold can be improved in shape by scraping down with a knife and the bottom of the pail or can should be cut through that the snout of the cooked head may be drawn in. Prepare a salted head with stuffing as before directed. Leave the ears on and lay them flat on the top of the head. Sew up the head in muslin closely wrapped and without any thick folds or knots. Boil for four hours. Take up and let drain and partly cool off. Then place it still in the cloth in the mold, taking care that the ears are in the right place and the snout goes well into the bottom. In that position with the neck above the top of the mold, place weight on it, leave it in press in a cold place for 12 hours. It can be withdrawn from the mold easily by means of the cloth, which is then to be taken off the head wiped off with a cloth of warm water, the ears raised up, softened with a hot cloth, shaped as wanted and upheld by a small silver skewer in each, and the mouth opened and tusks inserted, bead eyes put in, the head glazed and ornamented. The tusk finely curved may be obtained from almost any hog's head. Find one with small tusks projecting Boil the jaw bones, break the bones with a hammer around the roots, and the tusks will be found four or three inches long. In the mid-17th century, a new religious sect called the Puritans rose to power in England. The Puritans disapproved of many aspects of traditional English Christmas celebrations, including the lusty feasting and drinking. During their reign, they succeeded in curtailing and, in some cases, 
even outlawing many of these practices. After the Puritan campaign against Christmas subsided, the Boar's Head never again renewed its widespread popularity among the wealthy as the main dish for the Christmas feast. During the holidays, there are many places in the UK, Ireland, Canada, South Africa, and the US which celebrate the procession of the Boar's Head. Today, to see the big peasantry version, you'll probably need to go to a big church or auditorium to enjoy the show without the meal. Or you may attend a magical dinner. These include a sit-down feast, but replace some of the pageantry with dialogue, as the lord and lady of the feast banter with the jester, or any characters who have been written in. Either way, you'll never see the same Boar's Head Festival twice. And while some families are serving their Christmas ham this holiday season, there are some places which also have the Boar's Head on the menu, but in a different form. In Sweden, pigs are quite common in Christmas traditions. As decorations, they might be getting less common than they used to be, but unless you're a vegetarian, the Christmas ham is still the main course on the Christmas table. In the old days, and perhaps still in some restaurants, they used to decorate the pig's head with frosting, put an apple in its mouth, and have that on the table as well. You can even find pictures of Santa riding a pig on Christmas cards. Going back to the 19th century, pigs were popular as farm animals, and often less moneyed families would own only one animal. Christmas would be the time of celebration, and the pig would be made the centerpiece of every Yule board or Christmas buffet as a Yultsinka, or Christmas ham. Christmas would be one of the only times people could indulge and eat fresh meat, and soon the ham, pork sausage, and brawn were staple components of every Swedish household's Christmas feast. For those with a sweet tooth, pigs are also made out of marzipan as a sweet treat. The pig is also a common cookie cutter shape, so you can make homemade gingerbread pig-shaped cookies. Not confined just to the dinner table, pigs soon became represented in Christmas decorations too. One popular decoration is a wooden candlestick holder. So if you're having a succulent glazed ham this holiday season, you can thank a Scandinavian god and the celebration of the kings and queens of the Middle Ages. And, as they say in Sweden, Gullul. Seasons Eatings has created some great items for your holiday gift giving. We have shirts, mugs, tote bags, and more. Just click on the Merchandise tab at SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you've let me know you left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eatings sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonsatingspodcast at gmail.com to let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hello. I know we all get busy, especially during the holiday season. 
so even sharing the podcast with someone who loves Christmas would be a great help. And if you're feeling extra generous this season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save